Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. is the Nightside Project. I may be super. <laughs> I am no hero. Nightside on KSL. A limited edition summer season. You realize though, Alex, this is just temporary. Yeah, I still took your parking space and I'm not giving it back. The Nightside Project with Ethan Millard and Alex Carey. Streaming live on Alexa and on KSL News Radio at 102.7 FM. Welcome to the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millard. I'm here with Alex Keery. And what a beautiful day it was today, Alex. Oh, my goodness. A little bit of cloud cover, some reduced temperatures. It's phenomenal. I love how your uh, high standard for weather is reduced temperatures. Uh, just was it, amu- it was an amazing day with reduced temperatures. Well, and, what, uh, what was uh, Jeff Kaplan just saying it was, the temperature was? Uh, I don't know. What was the uh, – I, I know that when I drove in today – it was like it was raining and it was like seventy six. So I, I it, it, but it was because it, it was because it was raining, you know, while I was while I was driving in. I don't ask me the weather. Don't ask me the actual, uh, you know, what the temperature is. Salt Lake City temperature. Let me see here. You Ethan. don't have to tell me. We just heard it from Jeff Kaplan. It was seventy uh, something. <laughs> Sorry, Ethan. I got the Salt Lake City Temple, so that's actually oh, not. Yeah. Keep uh, going. Keep yeah. going in your search. <laughs> oh, hey, seventy seven. To According to Josh, it's seventy seven degrees. You know what? Uh, a hopefully, balmy seventy-seven degrees. And, hopefully, uh, with a, a little bit of, uh, as they say, it, you know, in, in broadcasting, Alex, we say we use the term reduced temperatures. <laughs> with some reduced temperatures <laughs> and a little bit of rain, maybe we're going to see fewer fires for the twenty-fourth of July. The good news is twenty-fourth of July is coming up. The That's good news right. is it's a fireworks holiday. We That's all right. love it. We have the best time. The bad news is is that Utah's already had oh. over seven hundred fifty wildfires. And 82% of the state's fires that we've had so far are human caused. And you know, more than a few of those are from fireworks. So if we want to keep doing fireworks, which we all want to do, yes. we got to play it smart. So thing. what we want to do tonight on the Nightside Project is give you those tools. Yes. So that we can all be smart with the fireworks Listen, so I'm that a fi- we don't get them banned. Guy. I'm a fireworks guy. Oh, yeah, guy. me too. I love them. I buy yeah. them. We set them off. We do it in the appropriate area. We find a local church parking lot where with it's within the uh, the non-restricted area and then there we are ethan you know what i mean like i i'm on the roof shooting off the fireworks yeah no i know (laughs) i don't think i'm alone in this where you go oh hey that church parking lot looks pretty good right there Mm -hmm. it doesn't look like that church building would light up uh very easily so we're gonna do it in this church parking lot or look if you're my neighbors and you we we live on a cul-de-sac and guess what 
cul-de-sac is basic it's french for firework place so that's what that's the uh that's that's how we know that we're supposed to be able to launch it and and you know what's great about the cul-de-sac is that everyone could every family can sit out in front of their house yes right and then someone goes out there and 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 shoots off the you know their uh yeah, they're you know, what the tax returns worth well, of fireworks. <laughs> their tax return worth. Of, could you imagine everybody's stimulus going to that thing? Hey, that reminds <laughs> me. By the way, when we have fireworks uh, that are uh, that are in play, that also means we get uh, new we get new uh, advertisers who always roll up during fireworks season. That's right. It's no different when we're approaching uh, a Pioneer Day and uh, Steve's Firework Barn. So here we go. Hey there, folks. Steve here from Steve's Freedom Fireworks stand. Coronavirus ruined your Fourth of July plans this year. Well. Tell the Rona, you're not ruining my fun this year. Come on down to Steve's Freedom Fireworks off of Westbound Belt Route here in West Valley. Everything here half off today, starting today. Rocket blasters, half off. Real edible cake fireworks, half off. Roman candelabras to hold your Roman candles, half off. Whirling dervishes, you said it, half off. Smoke bombs that smell like smoked brisket, that's right, half off. Bring in your illegal Wyoming fireworks, and old Steve will dispose of them properly and give you a pair of distressed jeans from my uncle's estate sale. Steve, I thought fireworks are irresponsible. You might be saying to yourself over there, well, they are. So come in and get a free mask to fight Corona with any purchase. Missing a finger or other appendage from previous firework accident? Take another 20% off. Not the finger, just your prices. And Steve's Freedom Fireworks Stand will take care of you just off the freeway over by the gas station that your mom always told you to stay away from here in West Valley. <laughs> I love this the westbound <laughs> westbound belt route. <laughs> uh, that clears it up, doesn't it? Westbound belt route. Just keep going. Just keep going. It's over there just somewhere. It, maybe it starts heading south. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> if you keep looping around, you get to westbound again. You got to yeah. go up to the other corner, and then you can get going westbound. Again. So uh, anyway, you'll find it. You'll see, find here's it. What's good about Steve's firework uh, uh, place too? He doesn't sell illegal Roman candles, just no, the no. Roman candelabras that you can hold <laughs> That you in. can put them in, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. look, here's the deal. There are restricted maps everywhere, and they change every year. And I'll just tell you right now, they get a lot they, – they, look, those those firework maps, Ethan, are infringing on my freedoms more and more every year. Well, They're every basically, community you – know You know what they are? If you went and looked at one of those firework restriction maps, they basically look like – they're shaped like a mask. They shaped like a man wearing a mask. Like That's a what giant they are. swastika. Yes, because <laughs> you know who else didn't. You know who else didn't let us shoot off fireworks? Hitler. Oh so, boy. No, now, but this, listen. All I'm saying is this: it's easy to find where it's legal to fire them off. So just do that. We listen. Where we moved up in Davis County, we can fire off fireworks right on our street. We've never been able to do that our entire marriage. Yeah, Every place so, we've lived, it's been illegal. Woodland Hills beyond illegal. I mean, you will be publicly shamed. And oh, flogged in Woodland the Hills. You're gone, man. If you set a, if you set a, you know, one of those snakes off, the one, you know, the snake that just grows on the ground. Yeah. You set that thing off. You're Never dead. Liked those. So, Never in, liked in those. But in Salt Lake, it just kept moving. When we first moved up uh, to Salt Lake, it was uh, just west of Foothill. Anything west of Foothill, you could you could light it off. Then I, and you came up one year for that. Yeah. And then uh, after that, it was like twenty uh, first east, and then it was eleventh uh, east. east. Now yeah. it's like. I think ninth. it's ninth east. It's like I fifteen now. So it's, no. <laughs> it's everything. I think it's everything east of of ninth east, ninth east. north okay, of South Temple, Look, and then a, and, west and, of west of Redwood yeah. Road. What's it cost you to drive uh, over there and just uh, and just fire them off? Like I said, at a local church at uh, at ninth east and. Uh, 
and, uh, you know, Third South. Come on. I love that you're volunteering church parking lots for this. <laughs> the, uh, but, you know, what's interesting. is kind of the go-to? is like, hey, this place is flat. It's so, a flat piece of ground. You can either – watch out for the kids who are learning to drive, though, in that parking lot. You don't want to set off a firework under their car when they're learning how to drive. So right? if you want to know what your city's boundaries are. Yeah. Um, you can go to the Utah Department of Public Safety, specifically the fire marshal, firemarshal.utah.gov. And what they have there is they have a complete list of all the jurisdictions mm-hmm. that have firework restrictions. And so you can look and see, and they've got the descriptions, and then they've also got maps, you know, whatever maps are, there are available. Right. Some, for some jurisdictions, they don't have maps. They've just got the descriptions. Um, but it's you definitely do that because what you don't want to do is you don't want to get a ticket. You don't want to be that guy that gets a ticket. Yeah. And also, you don't want to be that guy that accidentally sparks off a wildfire okay. because you know what that's that's going to be a hard ethan, thing to carry in your community ethan quiz what me. give me a city give me a city in utah don't make it too wild but you know give me a city in utah you quiz me and i'll tell you what their restrictions okay, are. okay do my ready? city cottonwood heights oh boy uh it says if you have to ask it says right here if you have to ask it's not uh can't do it no it's not on the <laughs> list it's not on the list it's somewhere I, well, it's, well the, the i'm sure you list know is incomplete okay i know what i'm sure you know what it is what's another give me another one uh the uh cottonwood heights by the way what is it uh last year so two years ago yeah our neighborhood was cut off from fireworks no fireworks can't allowed. do it and now last year it was allowed now this year it's not allowed back so to i don't being know what happened allowed. in our neighborhood Probably last worked. year let we me just tell it, you right now. So Elkridge, same thing. You can't you can't do a thing in Elkridge. Woodland Hills, don't you dare try to do light Provo. off. Can do I Provo. Can I tell you, can I tell you right now though? Yeah. If you drive to Enterprise, let me tell you what it says about Enterprise Utah. No restrictions within city limits. Boom. So you, that's a road trip right there. Do they so, know what day it is though <laughs> in Enterprise? <laughs> How dare you insult? How dare you insult those people of those beautiful people of uh, of enterprise? Why would you say something like that about them? I bet the state fire marshal called up and said, "Hey, what restrictions do you guys have?" And they were like, "What is he talking about?" <laughs> well, Plymouth, Utah, all fireworks are banned. All right, so yeah, so you got enterprise and you got Plymouth. All right, Provo, uh, Ethan, East yeah, of Canyon Road, they're all banned. East, all banned on BYU campus. Plus, east of Canyon Road, north of Foothill Drive, east of Timpview Drive. East of 9th East from 2200 North to Birch Lane. East of Birch Lane to 700 North. East of, five, of Seven Peaks Boulevard. That's uh, that's like Y Mountain up there. Uh, east of Slate Canyon Road and then east of Highway 89. So just uh, settle down. Do you remember that we covered this story back in the day when uh, a couple of college students went hiked up to the Y on a date oh, and shot off fireworks, shot off fireworks up there? Yeah, for a nice yeah. romantic hey, sunset fireworks shoot. <laughs> for a nice romantic, <laughs> nice romantic one phone call to a loved one. <laughs> nice romantic public emergency it was really. You know fun. What? That's how I would. That's how I would lock it up. I'd bail her out, right? And then I'd use my one phone call back to her again. <laughs> hey, it's me. Hey, hey, you home yet? Hey, uh, I just wanted to tell you how much I love you. All right, really we're gonna take the break here. We're gonna take the break. Uh, I want to know what kind of the history of the of the Pioneer Day fireworks are, though. I mean, like, I don't know when we started. I guess it's just, it's interesting because I moved here as an out-of-stater, mm-hmm. you know, uh, almost 20 mm-hmm. years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool, round two of fireworks, July 24th. And I don't know if it was just because it's a celebration in the month of July and we're also just going to shoot off fireworks again. 57500, if you want to know what your city's restrictions are, uh, I may or may not text them back to you. And here's the other thing. Our forefathers saw this coming. They knew how big fireworks were going to be. A lost Federalist Papers dug up 
mm-hmm. to uh, give us an idea on how to handle fireworks in the future. Stay with us. More to go. The Nightside Project continues on KSL News Radio right here. Nightside. Nightside. We're all friends here. The Nightside Project on KSL News Radio. Welcome on in. This is the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millard. He's Alex Keery. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. Um, Daniel's asking for the fireworks restrictions for Wise County, Texas. That's not on our list, seeing as it's not in Utah. Now so we listen, apologize for now that. Now listen, <clears throat> Someone, I want you to be. I want you to. I want you to make sure you're safe out there. This one says. This one says, I live in Sandy, uh, and it's everything east of 13th East is what's illegal. So there you go. There's a Sandy. This one says, uh, firework restrictions, 507 uh, Oak Hollow Lane, Fruit Heights, uh, 84037. Very close, to my, very close to my house, by the way. and uh, <laughs> But not my house. But I will say this. I thought you were reading your own address. No, 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 no. no. It's not like, my what address. What is happening? No, 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 no. Because no, no. we moved on to Fruit Heights, but, it, but it's yeah. very close. It's it's mm-hmm. it's in close proximity. I think they're trying to mm-hmm. fool me. I think they're trying to trick me, and I already already know the answer. You can't do it on Ocala. You can do it on fence posts, though. Okay, um, so walk fourteen feet from the front of your house. Do it on fence posts. That's the, that's of, technically the legality. Okay. Uh, this someone else texted in. Speaking of fireworks, just remember Tom Cruise starred in Born on the Fourth of July, which is synonymous for, for, with fireworks. What a great movie! It's a <laughs> it great, is a great movie. And you know what? Remember that be... first? You remember that first scene? Uh, where he's uh, playing baseball, the pitcher on that on the mound, facing the young Tom Cruise, facing the kid version of Tom Cruise. That mm-hmm. movie, my first grade teacher's son. So, oh, you're kidding! Oh yeah, that's that amazing. Was, we used to watch well, that movie just so she could turn it on and show us the uh, kid there. So there you go. Well, we all have Ethan, a lot to be grateful for. Ethan, thanks to uh, Tom Cruise. Speaking of being grateful for things, our people say all the time, "Well, our forefathers couldn't see this. Our our founding fathers couldn't have seen this coming." A <laughs> contraire. The Lost Federalist Papers have been something that's been a boon to this program because we've been able to prove that our our founding fathers saw a lot more than you think. They even saw us going through uh, our this firework debacle that we're going through right yeah. now. People mm-hmm. trying to strip you of your freedoms of fireworks, and it's it is something that your founding fathers have fought for from the beginning. The Lost Federalist Papers, number thirty-one. This country was founded on principles of liberty, justice for all, men being created equal. We certainly strive for peace, but we foresee times when wars, both foreign and domestic, will require the new continental forces to fight for the aforementioned freedoms. We love a good fight. We love a good explosion, a well-timed burst of color, ramparts that signal that we are victorious, but more importantly, that our enemies have suffered the most cruel of deaths. These fights will inspire the rise of artificial war sounds to be produced, even in times of peace, also of celebration. These loud explosions both frighten and delight, but let this warning also ring along with your freedom. Wildfires aren't wild if you set them with your fake fire displays. Enjoy your right to fire off these false bombs, whistling screamers and passionate patriot rockets into the sky, but do so responsibly with your local volunteer fire brigade at the ready. Alexander Hamilton, 1787. Yes, very nice. You know, I think we're so lucky because you're right. Some people say, well, we don't know what was in the Mm. mind of the founding fathers. No. and uh, but, you know, of... sometimes we can just go back in time and reach right in there and grab it. Look, the left uh, so wing, we, the liberal left wing media wants to bury those lost federal well, papers. Well, S- Senator Lee hates them. <laughs>
Because we basically stole mm. his idea. Well, listen, all I'm of saying div- is... Of <laughs> bringing up the Founding Fathers in some sort of weird seance. And... <laughs> that was his we, idea we first. We bring him back from the dead just to tell us about how you can set off fireworks in your neighborhood. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Listen, 5750 is the text number. You can uh, weigh in uh, on anything that we're discussing on the program this evening. Now, I wanted to bring something up here, Ethan. It's an important uh, thing for us to discuss and that is, uh, we've got some consumer news, and we're all consumers. We're all in this thing together, so let's go ahead and do it. Nightside Consumer News. It could save your life. Save your life. Or not. This one might kill you. National Hot Dog Day. Now, <laughs> is it? Yes. I haven't had a hot dog yet. I didn't know about this, what Alex. Mean yet? I love how I was like, like you're going to rush out. I'm going to rush out and boil me some hot dogs. Come on, man. I'm an American. I don't need to go that far. <laughs> I'm going to always have hot dogs in On the tap. fridge. On tap. Well, Always. listen, I'm just going to say it right now, too. I don't mess around. I'm a grown-up. I don't mess around with fillers, right? I don't mess around with the, uh, you know, I made hot dogs one time. I made hot dogs. Not like at my house in my blender. I'm saying I worked. <laughs> in your blender. <laughs> well, I'm assuming that's what Jeez. you need, my emulsifier. I don't I know. Think you'd need, I guess you'd need at least a blender. Oh, yeah, at least. I mean, so here's the deal. I've made hot dogs, and I've made all beef hot dogs uh, at a at a at a at a processing plant, okay? This is a story I have not heard before. Oh. Where was it? Was it here? Uh, it was in Spanish Fork. There's a meat processing plant there in Spanish Fork, and I, like, took my turn shoveling meat scraps. All FDA approved, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I, I and uh, I did I did it. I made hot dogs. And everybody goes, oh, you'll see hot dogs being made. You'll never have a hot dog again. I walked out of there with a pack of hot dogs, okay? <laughs> so yep. I'm, not a, I'm not afraid of the hot dog. Yeah. Now, here's what I was going to say about National Hot Dog Day. Um... It's a big deal because uh, we have all these, and again, like I said, the, I don't mess around with the with with uh, cruddy hot dogs anymore. I that was a former life when I was like a college student. Cruddy hot dogs are a thing of the past. Don't get the thing that says turkey and and chicken pieces on it, okay, and pork pieces. Don't do it. The Hebrew National is a fine hot dog. The Costco brand hot dogs are fine hot dogs, okay. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I can't I can't sign off on anything, okay. Really? But I wanted to point out for the rest of the world because it's International Hot Dog Day, Ethan. It's not just national; it's International Hot Dog Day, and they do have hot dogs in other countries. They taste terrible, but let me throw this one out here: the traditional Icelandic hot dog out of Reykjavik. All right, okay. Uh, the Berjenis bit suplizur, okay. Mm-hmm. It's a traditional Icelandic hot dog topped with fried onions and brown mustard. Apparently, the hot dog is gray, though. That's the only thing is, is that really? I don't trust the color. Now, this one I'm on board with, okay? The deep-fried Korean-style hot dog, okay? Okay, let's hear it. Out of Seoul. All right, you ready for this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, deep-fried tempura. Okay. Uh, sliced bacon around it. Okay. Di- uh, fried again, and then on top, so it's kind of a corn dog style. It's got to stick through it, Okay. Okay. Uh, spicy Korean barbecue sauce, mustard, ketchup, and the big drink, the big gulp drink that you're drinking in the background. Will you so stop? That, Jeez. that was not. I do not have a drink. That was not me. Jeez, man. No, that was not. I oh, promise okay. you, that it's was the something other guy. Else it's the other. Per- it's the FBI agent listening no, in on the other part no, of our no, line no. here. It wasn't even a drink. I'll tell you what it was. <laughs> I'll tell you what it was. Is it Jack or Judy? No, in this room where I am, what? we've got a closet, and we kind of mm-hmm. use it as sometimes like overflow pantry for just sure. non-perishables. Yeah, sure. Those were two boxes of mac and cheese being pulled out of the closet. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. I swear to you. Urgh. That is what that was. One last thing, Alex. Yes. Hot dogs 
I'm always I'm always the same. Mustard only. Mustard Some, only. Sometimes mustard relish, guy. mustard only. Mustard you and I both stand on this uh, point that adults do not put ketchup on hot dogs, and the National Hot Dog Society agrees with us. If you're 18 plus, ketchup is a non-starter, and I won't accept your text messages of, of please or anything of that. So, mm-hmm. but you can send your text to five seven five zero. I just won't listen to them about ketchup. Stay with us. We've got more to go on the Nightside Project. Boy, what have we even done so far? Oh, we've got Dr. Matt Woolley coming in. We've got... Oh, thank goodness. We've got the... Yeah, bring some sanity to us. Free therapy around the corner here for you during the COVID. Uh, We've got your questions rolling in here. Dr. Matt Woolley is going to bail the show out once again. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. It's the Nightside Project. is the Nightside Project. Look at the size of that boy's heat. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Nightside on KSL. A limited edition summer season. It's summer now. They told me this would be temporary. It cannot end soon enough. The Nightside Project with Ethan Millard and Alex Carey. Streaming live on Alexa and on KSL News Radio at 102.7 FM. All right, welcome back. This is the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millard. He's Alex Keery. We appreciate you tuning in tonight. We really do. Uh, you know, for the duration of uh, of this program, which, uh, as you know, the Nightside Project was reformed uh, with the sole purpose of solving the coronavirus crisis <laughs> and bringing it to an end. We've been at working hard at that. At least, at least watching it through uh, to a viable vaccine and then and, and then graciously stepping away. And then uh, one of those things, though, one of the things we've had to keep our eyes on is everyone's mental health. And so to do that, we've had Dr. Matt Willian with us every week to cover some important uh, mental health questions. If you have one, email it to us, nightside at ksl.com. We've been using all listener questions. So, Alex, let's introduce our guest here. Uh, Matt Woolley, of course, a clinical psychologist, has joined us here on the program for the last few weeks. Uh, and uh, Matt specializes in all sorts of things, but particularly, Matt, would you say that adolescent uh, adolescents are your are your specialty, or what, what do you say your specialty is now? Um, yeah, I um, I'm in the Department of Psychiatry's Child and Adolescent Division oh, there you go. at the University of Utah. I do work with adults for various things, but uh, teens are kind of my thing, I guess. Well, that's perfect. Uh, Ethan's got a couple of them in the house, and I'll eventually. I've got two. Have some. You can. They're yours. Uh, they're all yours. No, well, got, I'll just. I'll, I, I'll just I didn't like, plan well. I've got too many myself. I know. See, and <laughs> and Ethan was already telling me all the rated R movies he's going to start showing his kids. The the gory, uh, scary movies he's going to start showing them during the pandemic. If things trying don't to scare improve. him straight. Uh, so there you go. We've got <laughs> questions. Uh, that we that come in uh, to the listener or from the listeners every week, and we're going to jump right into uh, some questions for Doctor Matt here. This one says, "My mother has been staying with us, and mentioned that she's been upset uh, uh, how little my husband does when it comes to taking the baby, changing diapers, etc. Mm. I've never really cared because it's not really his personality to seek out helping with feeding and changing and burping, etc. Uh, two questions: How do I handle my mom's interjecting how my husband is supposed to act or be?" And I've actually gotten more annoyed with this now that she's pointed it out. But 50-50 parenting seems like a unicorn that doesn't really exist, just like chores can never really be 50-50. Am I wrong? By the way, first child. Hmm. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> It sounds like she's got a lot on her plate. Um, I would actually say, first of all, there's really no right way to co-parent. The, the idea is our husband and wife are, are two parents communicating well and dividing and conquering in what they do. That being said, 
I would probably just thank your mom for her observations, but let her know that you're going to trust your own instincts on this. After all, you're the one married to your husband and raising the child. And, and you, you know, listen to mom's advice, I think is smart, but let's, let's probably let her know you're going to follow your own instinct. And I don't think 50-50 is really realistic or necessary. Um, so I wouldn't make that a goal. But one thing to keep in mind, she's saying, and she knows him better than we do, but she's saying it's not his personality. I'm going to suggest the following, and that is that many dads, especially first-time dads, are very insecure about parenting small children. They don't know how to do it, and they don't. most don't have a very strong instinct for it, uh, depending on how he grew up and what his experiences are. But that doesn't mean he wouldn't like it. It may not, you know, he might enjoy it. So my suggestion would be do it with him for a little while. Change the diapers, do the feeding, all of that sort of thing, and don't be a criticizer. He's going to do a horrible job changing the diaper. It's just poo. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Uh, Let him enjoy doing that with you. And you might find that he really bonds with the child and and likes to do it. So don't assume he, he couldn't enjoy it. Well, in either way, if it's something that's started to bother her a little bit, um, even if it didn't before, I feel like at least that at the very least has got to be talked through. Otherwise, that resentment's going to build. Right. They need to address it. Um, it could be that she doesn't want to deal with the heat from her mom, and that may be where her angst really is coming mm-hmm. from. But the reality is um, she and her husband need to get a little bit more on the same page. I agree. Yeah. Uh, send your text in, 57500. You can always ask your questions to Dr. Matt, and uh, we can put them in the queue. We've got a, a handful uh, every week that we can that we kind of wade through. Now, this one's interesting. I brought up the adolescent part because this one is from our first actual uh, teenager. This one says, I'm 17, male, and my parents aren't ve- are very overprotective. Excuse me. Are, my parents are very overprotective. My mom won't let me go anywhere because of coronavirus while many of my friends are hanging out. I've asked if I can wear a mask to make her feel better. I feel trapped. My mom follows me in her car, even if I walk anywhere. What do I do? <laughs> so wow. right up until the car part, it felt like kind of an angsty teenager, like, leave me alone. Yeah. You know, but that part, I, wow. So first of all, that tells me if mom's following this 17-year-old around in his car, Mom really has some parenting anxiety. What's causing yeah. it, we don't know, but but that there's something definitely off there. Yeah. Um, so that needs to be addressed. My thought would be uh, offer to go with your mom to a family counseling session or two just to talk about this issue and so that maybe you can have a, an unbiased third party talk to your mom about better ways to uh, be in touch with you. But at 17, we want our 17-year-old to be practicing young adult life because they're going to be young adults soon. And so it is really hard for a lot of parents to back off and let kids start to make some of their own decisions and mistakes. Now, what else could we do? Um, One thing that's popular right now is joining a pod. Are you guys familiar with this? No. No. What is it? Okay. So a pod is a designated group of friends or family members who limit their contact to just the people in the group. Ah, so, okay. so they they are kind of expanding to beyond their immediate family to this pod of friends or, or family members, cousins, whatnot. And, <laughs> and everyone's in communication about like, hey, this is our group. These are the people we're hanging with. Uh, we don't want to exclude people necessarily, but we have to know 
that everyone's behaviors were all on the same page with wearing masks, you, right. you know, good, good, healthy behaviors. So that's another thing that could be talked about with mom and might help mom see that you're being responsible in addition to wearing a mask or avoiding large crowds or carrying hand sanitizer. But I think there's some serious parenting anxiety that's over the top here that needs to be addressed. Mm, uh, yeah, for sure. My thing about I, I, I love the pot idea. Because I think about it too, and I just like I imagine the conversation of being like, "Let him in the pod, mom. Let him in. <laughs> Let him be a part of this. I want to figure out how to just keep more getting more people in the pod." And the other thing is, is I would want I would want a protocol of 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 sending a letter of letting people know they're no longer in the pod, they're out of the pod, <laughs> like you're out of the pod. <laughs> yeah, there there are a lot of. There are a lot of social things that we need to work out for the pods to work, uh, you, I guess. But. You know, uh, not to drag this out any longer than than it has to, but, you know, one of my reactions when I was listening to this uh, young person's email, one of my reactions was, this is temporary. It's not going to last forever. Kids are resilient. You just need to accept the fact that for this period of time, which, again, is probably going to be measured in months, not years, you're just not going to get out very much. I mean, is there is there anything wrong with kind of laying that down on teens and just saying, look, I'm sorry, I know you'd love to do this, but you're a resilient kid. You're not doing it until, you know, for the next few months. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think that we have to kind of remind ourselves that social interaction is actually very important to adolescent development. Once you're out of adolescence, it becomes less and less important to who you are as a person. Younger teens are not going to get what you just said. Older teens like this 17-year-old probably will. Um, I think that the key is not saying no social contact. The key is alternative social contact. So right. pods, playing games together online, uh, identifying socially responsible behaviors that uh, limit contact. So like going out and being in a swimming pool where you have the chlorine that helps as well right. as the social distancing. The distancing. Literally right. in a pot right. of, of people swimming in a pool. It's, there you go. It's, amazing. it's very fish-like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break. we got a couple more questions for Dr. Matt when we come back. Uh, he hosts along with uh, Casey Scott Project Recovery. Anywhere podcasts are found, you can uh, download it also. Go to kslnewsradio.com. Click on the podcast button. You can find it there. Uh, we've got more to go. A couple of uh, intense questions still to go. So stay with us. One has to do with school. Right here, the Nightside Project continues. Nightside, you've had a long day. So have we. The Nightside Project on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. This is the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millard here with Alex Keery, bringing you a little bit of free therapy. Mm. Courtesy of Dr. Matt Woolley, who is a great colleague of ours here at KSL. He's the host of Project Recovery Podcast uh, with Casey Scott, so uh, yep. which you can get wherever podcasts are and on the KSL News Radio app. And we're on every Sunday afternoon now on KSL Radio. Oh, oh really? you're kidding. Look at that. Congratulations. Four o'clock, yeah. Four awesome. o'clock. So, so there you go. Well, that's Thank awesome. I didn't even know that. Well, very good. Uh, blame our bosses for uh, not giving us the full uh, shakedown of where you can find Dr. Matt Woolley and Casey Scott. So there you go. No worries. Uh, now, listen. If you are uh, if if you're listening and you want to send a te- you want to send a text in with a question, we get those texts. But also, if you want a little bit more 
long form. Uh, think about it. Nightside at KSL.com is the, uh, is, the we- is the email address as well. So nightside at KSL.com, you can hit us up there, and we will pass it right along to Dr. Matt Woolley, like these listeners have done. And here's our next question. My wife and I have been trying to have a baby. It seems like a strange time to have a kid, though. I was excited at first, but now bringing a child into a tumultuous world seems irresponsible. I would never say this to her. Am I being irrational? Um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, I, this seems to be a recurring theme with brand new parents. They're trying to have their first child, and it's often the case that you get nervous and anxious about that process. The reality is you have to remember that your parents and your grandparents also had tumultuous worlds to live in. Mm. You know, terrorism, Vietnam, race riots of the 60s, World War II. You know, there, there. if you go back to those times, there's always this perspective of what's the world going to be like when my kids grow up. And, and, the, and the answer is tumultuous. That's how the world is. So I think this may be more about his general anxiety about having a child. Uh, and that would be something to directly address. How do you really feel about it? Are you comfortable? Do you feel as prepared as you can be? Um, and the main thing I would say to him is, why wouldn't you talk to your spouse about this? Man, this is a great opportunity to, at the beginning of your marriage, or I, or I assume it's near the beginning, especially at the beginning of having children, to really share your deep fears and thoughts with your spouse, talk it out, support each other, and have a bonding moment. I bet she has similar fears. Do you think that, like, I, I, you said You said it sounds way more reasonable there, too. Um, and if they've been trying to have a baby and there, there's the, you know, there's the part where, you know, and she's not pregnant, you get more upset about things, you start to get a little bit grumpy about the situation, then maybe say, hey, look, this is not a good time to have a child anyway. Uh, maybe as part of that rationalization too of maybe right. Not, maybe right now is not right. the right time. I think I think in almost every generation when you're struggling with how confident and comfortable you are with starting a family, it's easy to look out in the world and go, "Whoa, <laughs> this is a crazy place. Maybe I shouldn't bring a baby here." Um, <laughs> and of course, that's your prerogative. But I think most of the time, that's sort of what you talk about but the reality is it's more a deep-seated frustrations and anxieties that may be surrounding uh your confidence in bringing a baby to the world right now so i i think the main thing here is this guy if he doesn't talk to his spouse he's missing a golden opportunity to really deepen their intimate connection and talk about their thoughts and feelings as it pertains to starting a family uh, yeah you go know, ahead. Uh, sometimes when i hear people express things like this they're concerned about being a father. I don't know if I'm going to be, you know, a good enough parent. I don't know if the if I'm bringing the right situation. I feel like those people, just because they're so conscientious and they're thinking about these things, I think that's a signal that they're going to be probably pretty good parents. Don't <laughs> yeah, you think? actually, that's a great point. I love it. It's it's uh, I that that I tell people that a lot. Where it's like, if you're worrying about this, that means you're probably going to be just yeah. fine. Yeah. It's <laughs> the people who don't worry about it who are like, yeah, shoot kids, sure, bring them on. I don't care. Yeah. That, that guy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. might need to mm-hmm. slow down a little bit. Yeah. But yep. this guy probably is very conscientious and will do just fine. But, man, don't miss out on an opportunity to really connect with your spouse on this. This last one is uh, one I think everybody can relate with right now, especially says, going back to school during this time seems so hard. How do I support my kids with the masks and all the insanity that we've added to an already hard time, which is returning back to school? 
Yeah. Um, we're we're a month away in the Davis School District, basically, and and it seems right. wild to me because on top of all just the anxiety of going back to school, this is what I can relate with is uh, trying to get all of our kids to wear masks or trying to figure out online mixed with going into school. Just a, a ton of things that it's already nerve-wracking uh, for my kids, you know, as it is, or, or kids in general, I think, who are going back to school. Right. Oh, for sure. There's a lot of uncertainty, more than ever before, with sending our kids back to school. Some parents always struggle with that in the fall, worrying if their kids are going to be okay when they go back to school for social issues or academic reasons, those sorts of things. And now we have this this virus issue to worry about. Um, I'm pleased with Salt Lake School District's decision to push it back to September and give a little bit more time and, and some options for parents. And I think, but in any case, I think that... Uh, uh, you have to look at your school district and find out really what the parameters are. Educate yourself on that. Each district's going to be a little different. That being said, parents set the emotional tone in their home. Children will follow your lead. So if you're very anxious and worried and stressed and bad-mouthing the school district, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff, that spills over to your kid's anxiety. So beware of what you say and how you act and go get yourself some some help with your stress about the school year. There are options. Look into options. I just spoke to a parent uh, yesterday who has decided to sign their kid up for the first half of the school year. It's kind of an online homeschool situation. They're opting out. That's an option. Realize that there are other options out there. Um, Try to make it fun. I mean, the masks are the the latest... uh, fashion accessory to sit out and, <laughs> and help them find fun masks, you know, if they want to look like Captain America or Darth Vader or whatever. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought fun. about it like that. First day of school masks. You know, when you lay out oh, your first day yeah. of school outfit, you put the mask now at the top, you know, where the shirt yeah. usually sits for the uh, first day of school outfit. I like, the, I like that idea. And you can get them pumped about it because I have to put on a mask for a kindergartner through a sixth grader. You know, our, yeah, four of our kids are going to be at the same school, and we and, and and we're supposed to have masks on the half day kindergartner. That's going to be the hardest one. You know, my my eleven my eleven year old, my ten year old, they can figure it out because they've had to do it a little bit. But the the right. five year old telling them to keep it on all day and not just as a novelty at the store for twelve minutes for fun, uh, you know, is is not a thing. But for sure, and that is a challenge. But keep in mind, kids always respond differently and frankly better to other authority figures than their mom and dad. Yes. <laughs> so at home with mom and dad, they know they can get away with a certain amount. But if all the other kindergartners have their masks on for the most part and the teachers are, are you know, captivating the children's attention and keeping their masks on, uh, I think the kids will probably do better than we think. If we were running the, the classroom, it would be chaos, right? <laughs> right, the yeah. teachers will probably do pretty well. And your your kids are at a fun age to go find some fun masks, superheroes or whatever, and, <laughs> and make it kind of fun. The other thing I wanted to say, though, is parents, you need to adjust your expectations for school involvement and performance by your children this year. It's going to be stressful and weird for them. Things will be different. I think most kids will adjust much better than we are worried that they will. That being said, Maybe focus more on their effort and less on their grades. And um, if if you're really worried about health, maybe find them opportunities to do other 
uh, extracurricular activities away from school instead of spending extra hours after school uh, at, with those uh, um, ish, um, activities. Yeah, clubs so, or teams. So yeah. Parents really do need to adjust their expectations this year, I think. Very good. Dr. Matt Woolley, he'll yeah, be back again next good. week. Another Wednesday, we'll be able to. We've been extended. We just, They just keep. Uh, this coronavirus thing just keeps extending was, the Nightside Project, so here I we are. I was going to ask about that. We're back next week. Yeah, we're back yep. next week. All uh, right, let's yeah. do it. Every, every week, just TBA, and we'll just keep the questions coming. All right, uh, Dr. <laughs> right. Matt Woolley, we'll uh, catch you again next week. We've got more to go. News, traffic, and weather right now. Stay with us on the Nightside Project. Welcome to the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millard. I got Alex Keery here. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. And another thanks to Dr. Matt Woolley. Always, Alex, he's always so excellent, just really insightful. So I'm so yeah, glad always he's doing good. This. And we're glad uh, that he's uh, been coming on every week, and uh, he'll yeah. be on again next week. We've so, been having some great guests on this show. Uh, yes, but uh, uh, Millard, what do you? What do you? Uh, oh, this, right it's, that, it's that first uh, segment of the second hour every night. That's right. Ethan rolls out his super important. Uh, headlines of the day. So where are you going to... Where, how are you going to wow us this evening, Ethan? Well, I've got a couple of important headlines. Uh, and that is... One of those is that Jeff Bezos is having a pretty good week. In <laughs> fact, it's a record-setting week <laughs> on Monday alone. Mm. Thanks to a positive uh, Wall Street forecast. Oh. His net worth jumped by $13 billion in just day? in one day. Not that bad. was on Monday. Can you believe it? He's now, up now. He's, he's approaching $200 billion. Hold on a minute. In so it goes one up individual 13, single person. Right. He goes up $13 billion in one day. Will you tell me, though, like, uh, what does that mean? Like, so how, why is know. it? Is it because Amazon went up? A yes. Value of so the yes, billion dollars the bulk of Jeff Bezos' uh, fortune is tied to his Amazon stock, and so okay. yeah, when Amazon so has a good acquire, day, he has a good day. He didn't acquire. He didn't sell uh, a handful of paintings or something, or, Eight, or thirteen uh, billion dollars worth of art. Nope. Hey, he listen, didn't. don't don't act like it's not it's not there. I was reading about how uh, David Geffen, who's this uh, super rich producer in uh, uh, Hollywood, he sold the Jackson Pollock for three hundred million dollars. Yeah. But do you realize? Do you realize realize how little money three hundred million dollars is compared to thirteen billion? No, I know, but we get there after uh, you know a couple dozen of those Jackson Pollocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's thirteen. Basically, it's thirteen thousand million. Now I get it. I know. I understand the concept of a billion. A trillion is where things start to fall off. You know, I. I can I can almost imagine what a billion is. I mean not really but I mean I can almost imagine cuz I I think about it like this. Think about 999,999,000. You know that to have that be 1 billion is is insane, right? Yeah. What it do is. you have going on a, a, a can recycling situation yeah, at your no, house? I no, mean, that is that is actually it. Ruby just walked in with some diet coke cans and put them into a bag that I've set here for recycling. So, oh boy, I should be uh, I should be in the foley the art foley business. I I I, uh, I think there's I think there's something going on because my kids have suddenly gone into chore mode. So I don't oh, know what's been daily. You front know what of it them, is? But there's all of a sudden a lot. Yeah, there's of a, action. there's some there's some uh, promises being made downstairs that thinking. your wife is uh, throwing out, and she go, and they go, but Dad's doing the radio. I don't care. I don't care. Walk it. You walk in there, and I want you to get the macaroni and cheese boxes. I need you to get some the Diet Coke cans, and you just start mm-hmm. throwing them around because yep. Dad's uh, radio 
uh, programming. It sounded being, too good. It sounded being too really good for quiet. a couple I'm, I'm actually surprised at how much this microphone wow. picks up because they're not being loud at all. Yeah, no, You here's what happens. You have headphones on, and so you can't technically you can. hear what's in the room with you. We hear every stinking thing. Yeah. Every little noise that uh, you make at your house and your kids are making, we hear it. Ethan, uh, the next one, I wanted to bring this one up. This Nazi eagle that's mm. in that's in Uruguay. Yeah. Now, I don't know how it ended up there, except let for, me, I will tell you, tell me, what, tell me you. what's going on. I'll roll it out for you, because okay. this, this is actually a really good one. So, um, some divers who were backed by an investor, uh, they found a Nazi warship off the coast of South America, and they went down, they basically pulled a bunch of stuff off of it, right? Cleaned it up and said, hey, we want to sell some of this stuff. Um, and it was, they pulled it out of the waters off Uruguay in 2006, it was part of the stern of the Graf Spee, which mm. was scuttled by its crew in 1939. Okay, that means ditched, right? It means yeah, it means they they ditched it on purpose. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're determining now what they want to do with it. Some people are saying now, of course, the people that recovered it, they want to sell it. Well, they right? want to get paid. Sell it. And, and look, I, I don't, I, I don't blame them. You know, you want to get paid when you like. I mean, because what I was it, what was insane about it was this. I want you to imagine a Third Reich Nazi eagle, like you know, just like that. That it's enormous, a, a it massive metal thing. It's four hundred kilos. Four hundred kilos, which is like a million pounds. <laughs> it's one million. No, it's like, but it is almost a thousand. So and, you think about it like that, and you go, man, this is uh, that's a heavy that's a heavy uh, chunk of metal. Yes. And, and Jeremy, our producer, goes, "How much do you think it's worth?" I said, "I don't know, one hundred fifty thousand dollars." Nice guess. $26 million yeah. they say it could be worth. So there's this growing movement of people saying that, hey, this belongs in a Holocaust museum or an educational institute, something like that. It does not go into the private market. Well, what and, you don't uh, want is somebody putting it on their on their stupid house as like a Nazi sympathizer. I, I think, yeah. And, well, so we've seen, th- we've seen this conversation taking place um, – in various places. So in, in Germany, actually, or no, in Austria, uh, at the place in the building where Hitler was born, yeah, they've turned it into a police station um, because what they didn't want is they didn't want it becoming a... Some center a of a obsession yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for this growing neo-Nazi movement, which is growing not just in Europe, but is growing here in the U.S. as uh. well. And so it's... I think there's something to be said for kind of keeping this stuff off the public market. Now, I think that 26 million is a little out of reach for the average. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. White supremacist group Jeff, from Jeff rural Bezos, Utah. But. Jeff Bezos, you earned 26 million dollars in four and a half seconds on Tuesday. Yeah, it's true. So just buy it and then throw it back at the bottom of the ocean again. We you just need, we need to go to guys like Jeff Bezos and say, hey. You made a lot of money. This is part of the deal. This is part of the deal. We got to get rid of this. You mop up stuff like this. Me? <laughs> Rent a warehouse, whatever you got to do, but you're, this Tell is you what. one and of no, the roles we you play. The, we return the favor. We've got, look, $26 million, free shipping. It's uh, <laughs> You'll get it in a couple days. It's free shipping. It's fine. $26 million, free shipping. So I, I just think it's it's the least you can do. If you're a billionaire, pick up stuff like this. Do the right thing. Send it to the uh, Marianas Trench. There well, yeah, I think I think that's correct. Because then, good luck pulling up, uh, you know, eight hundred kilos or whatever, four hundred kilos the, from the you know from though, the trench, these, maybe. These are really they're becoming really really valuable. Not just because, and there is not just because there's a growing market of Nazi sympathizers. 
It's just because uh, it's old stuff. It's it, like but, but really it's, hard so, to come but by. But there's a growing market. I mean, because it used to be just collectors, you know. But now, now there are people who are resurrecting this well, ideology. If, okay, so listen. And, my, so my grandpa, you know, was a POW in World yeah. War II in Germany. Yeah, we have Nazi stuff, right? That's like mm-hmm. you know, uh, we have a. Uh, set of like the the what's it, the Aeroflot like the whatever it's called the no the anyway the Air Force the the German the Air Luftwaffe. Force the Luftwaffe we have like German Nazi wings you know that my mm-hmm. grandpa brought back from but see, uh, those, you but know, see World those, War those are II. heirlooms those are, they are and they're but but we have like uh you know silverware from where he stayed uh in the in the in the war camp that had the Third Reich stamped on it, you know, like you're like the, the, the swastika and the seal on the yeah. on the on his flatware. It's you know, it's wild. And I can see why I mean it's weird too, because at the same time I go, Wow, we have that stuff and it's something to remember, but you also kinda go, Man, you hope nobody gets this that would want it for the wrong reason. You know, um another reason why they be this stuff like this is so valuable is because um Germany went through and they destroyed it all. They tore down all the Nazi statues and they tore up all the Nazi memorials and they, uh, you know, they got rid of it all. Let's take a break here. They uh, they got rid of all the statues to the losing losers who lost the war. (laughs) And I think that's good advice for any country. (laughs) The losing losers who Who lost lost the the war. war. I feel like there's a song in there, Ethan. If you come up with it, I'll put some I'll put some music to it and I'll sing it. Will you? Okay. we'll take the break here. We'll come back. We've got more to go. Got some tech news, got a vacation club we want to get to. We've got all sorts of things we still want to roll through on a Wednesday edition of the Nightside Project. We'll be back right around the corner. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. News, the Nightside Project on KSL News Radio. All right, we're back. This is the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millard here with Alex Keery. Thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Hey, you're welcome, buddy. And thank you, Alex. Uh, I'm right here for you. You know, we got a text from someone who's in a similar situation as your family. I know. I texted him back. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. They said, said, we have two huge Nazi flags that my grandpa captured, and we aren't really sure what to do with them. It's it's, it's an amazingly cool thing. Oh, it's phenomenal. That you would just be like, all right. Well, let's keep them in this cedar keep chest. Them. Yeah, just <laughs> but know, hold, like, hold on to them because they're, they're phenomenal. Right. And you don't uh, put them up. I mean, like you can't put no, them up. Of course not. <laughs> so you, yeah, you don't go. You don't hang it up. And you don't go. What's the story behind this? Our grandpa captured him. And then each generation, it just gets more and more. I think it would get more and more awkward to hang on to that. Those well, things. I not don't hang know. On to I mean, it, I'm not saying destroy him. I'm just saying keep him in the family. See keep him in the family because if you've got space for him, hold on to him and, and let let time resolve the question. If you're not sure what to do with it, don't do anything with it. Just, you know, put him in a chest, put him in a closet. They're probably not taking up any very much room at all. Yeah. And just leave him. Make sure that you've got them so that they're not getting mildewy or anything like that, right? I mean, have some protections in there. If someone make sure offered that you're preserving you, But if bit. someone offered your family a million dollars for those uh, – for those flags, that's a good opportunity to get rid of them, right? I mean, like, yeah, I think we'd I, all be tempted. I think that's what I'm saying. But, assu- like a, but assuming like the, the 26 million dollars, so uh, Brandon said, put them on eBay. Now, the, Brandon's also been obsessed with eBay. So Brandon, Brandon's an eBay guy. But for the but I would but I will say this. Let's say you if you went on to eBay, I don't know. I bet eBay has a thing against selling those things at all. Maybe I Maybe. don't know. That's I, actually because that's actually good. The reality is is that. You could check and say, "Hey, you know what? I kind of want to just sell these." You know what got I would World do? World War II but then you know you don't know who they're going to. You don't know who's going to win that auction. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell my grandpa's heirlooms. Um, 
there, so there are two reasons, not just because they're Nazi things and I'd hate to accidentally sell them to and have them flying on the flat, flying over right, some compound of outside of Cedar or City or something like that. You <laughs> Why know? Cedar City? And, Why would you have to say that? Why would you have to call out Cedar City like that? I shouldn't have. I've been like somewhere rural because, you know, because we have that here in Utah. I mean, there are these guys out here. And um, it's like, no, I'm not joking. Fine, pan, I should say I, northern Idaho. Yes, the Panhandle of Fine, Idaho Although and, they and northeastern much, Washington. They had they had a problem with these groups. They did for a long time. Um, not so much anymore. But let's so let's say okay, Idaho Panhandle, right? Okay, there you go. Um, so I, that's what I would be afraid of. I'd be afraid that I, it would kind of go to the wrong place, right, and, sure. and that would be disrespectful for my grandfather's, you know, military gotcha. uh, experience and our family's heritage. But if you if you really if time doesn't resolve this and you and you really want to get rid of them, I would just you know send out some feelers to like just some museums or maybe some heritage groups, uh, and just say hey you know we have these, and you know we'd like to find a good home where maybe they could use for an educational purpose right. or maybe be, be part of of some other 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 effort uh, to bring understanding. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. That's probably right. lots of places that, that well, might and, consider that. Yeah, that, you'd feel good about that, too. All right. Yeah, you'd feel great about it. You could even probably have, you know, a little, you have your family name on it. You know, this these were donated by the whatever family, and that would be a real source of pride, I think, and a, and a cool way to kind of continue that that heritage. Ethan, some technology news. Let's uh, hear it. We're going to roll this thing out here, and uh, we'll get to some of this tech news. So, yeah, let's uh, jump in here. From Ethan's obsession with robots to Ethan's obsession with video games, it's Nightside Tech News. All right. It's National Hot Dog Day, Ethan. Uh, oh, sorry. That's a different story. We, You know what? We could use technology to improve our hot dogs, right? Can we improve our hot dogs? They're pretty yeah, dang look, good. Uh, yeah. And somebody even texted in earlier. And by the way, if you're thinking about enjoying a, a hot dog, do it responsibly. Uh, 100% beef. That's what I'm saying. You don't want to get the weird ones, okay? And, or a sausage. I'd see. I'd even say a sausage. And those don't have to be 100% beef, obviously. But look, is a bratwurst, does that count as a hot dog? No. Well, hot dogs are skinless. Okay. All right. So it's Boneless, uh, like skinless? they're a different thing. <laughs> uh, okay. So here we go. Uh, Ethan on our tech news here. MIT has created a deep fake video of Richard Nixon about an unused speech that actually was prepared at the time uh, for Apollo 11 had it had a crash. And I actually, it was an interesting thing here because they, so you know what deep fake uh, videos are. This is basically taking the technology of somebody's uh, old, you know, video footage and voice and being able to mimic that person basically to, Look as authentic as you could imagine. I mean, and and sound yes. really convincing. You remember, and make like, them say whatever they want. You remember, like, uh, on on uh, Forrest Gump, we were amazed when they could take some of this footage, make it look like their mouths were moving and saying different things to Forrest Gump. Like, oh wow, they altered that video somehow. But you could still tell it was a fake. But it was still like this is. They call this deep fake because it is really hard to tell if it's if it's real or not, or if it's fake or not. And and this whole this whole thing was it, they MIT put this thing together and they had to say what you're about to see is not real, and it's based off of a speech that would have been given by the president had something gone wrong during the moon landing. And uh, so here's some here's some uh, excerpts here. I wanted to bring up uh, just a 
a little bit of, of what the, was said in this video. And the video looks 100% authentic. My fellow Americans. President Nixon. Fate has ordained that the men who went to the moon to explore in peace will stay on the moon to rest in peace. It's pretty shocking, right? I mean, get me. Yeah. Imagine if you're Buzz Aldrin, and who's still alive today, 51 years ago this week, that we actually took that uh, took that leap into space and, and landed on the moon. And we know the thing is, is we know what the text what would have been. They had it prepared. One, I didn't yeah. know that. You know, maybe somebody else, some other historians knew that. But to hear it, and to hear the voice of Richard Nixon saying that. And having the, and and to know too that it wasn't filmed by him and it wasn't him doing this video, that it was using the te- the technology of knowing what his voice was like. That this AI, uh, you know, the, it took six months for these MIT students to build this. This scares the heck out of me, Ethan. I don't know yeah, what I, I don't honestly like any of this. honestly I don't know what a positive use of this would be except for to make uber realistic movie scenes, maybe. You know, for, uh, like something to look, uh, you know, totally real, you know? Yeah. Other than that, for our own personal entertainment, with a massive disclaimer at the beginning that we know that the, that, that this isn't uh, that this didn't happen, that's the only way I feel like that this would be useful. I don't see it used any other way except for well, but ruining people's see... future. I mean, we don't know what the real and what the fake would be. Well, but you, you and you you can see the conflict coming. So right now, doing things like this is protected under the First Amendment, right? Um, speech, political speech, satire. Yeah. Right. If you wanted to dress up like uh, President Trump and do your President Trump impression and say silly things, well, then um, we let that's you do protected. It. Yeah. Right. That's protected. But and and so right now, I think this falls under that. But we're going to reach a point though where someone's going to do this, and the the consequences are going to be startling enough that we're going to have to figure out the limits of the first amendment when it comes to this that's isn't one, that the next debate you is, know, okay heard, this is what you may not do you may not do this kind of thing with the following people if you do you go to prison right i mean I, that's those are the things that we will consider as a community and i don't so know if that's, i, had, I don't you know, know if that's going to be what we end up doing but you can see that debate coming right there was a there was uh, one of these deep fakes that i heard it was just an audio version of it and you can do this you know doing the video version would be a lot of work uh, the audio version is actually would be less work but it, but it's amazing because it sounds exactly like the person so this was done to like a, a this this uh uber conservative like uh you know pundit or a professor who People started to take his words, and they made this totally fake speech with his voice, and it was this vile thing, like, oh, look what this guy said. And then people were like, that's 100% made up, and that's totally freaky. You know, to think, like, listen to what this guy said. Look at it. You could just pass it around, and enough people would believe it. It's yeah. insane. All right, let's take a break. We've got more to go. Uh, vacation Club, to save us to, from all these uh, heavy topics here. Why the gondoleros in uh, Italy are complaining, and how finally Americans aren't to blame. Stay with us. The Nightside Project continues on KSL News Radio. Nightside. 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 This 
is the Nightside Project. I may be super, but I am no hero. Nightside on KSL. A limited edition summer season. You realize, though, Alex, this is just temporary. Yeah, I still took your parking space and I'm not giving it back. The Nightside Project with Ethan Millard and Alex Carey. Streaming live on Alexa and on KSL News Radio at 102.7 FM. All right, welcome back to the Nightside Project. Just a couple of segments left. We're nearly finished, and Alex, it's raining once again at my house. How about that? Yeah, we kind of have that going on uh, broadcast house, too. Yeah, not bad at all. Well, you know what? Good. You know why? Because my son had a baseball game, and if I can't be there, no one can enjoy it. Okay? (laughs) So there. Has it been postponed? Did they get Uh, a rain delay? Haven't heard. I think it's the kind of thing where, I mean, this is a, it's been sporadic enough of rain. Unless it's dumping, which it's not. Is it, a, is it dumping at your house in Conwood Heights? I can't really tell. It's not dumping at all down here. We just, it's just like a little sporadic rain here and there, and that, that doesn't uh, stop baseball typically. Mm. Hey, um, uh, Alex, yep, uh, why, don't we, why don't we turn our minds to something a little more, a little more fun? Something, uh, something tropical, perhaps? Mm, uh, perhaps something far away. The places you want to go and how to get there. It's the Nightside Vacation Club. Get a free night stay, but you have to stay for the whole presentation. Yes, you do. And here it is. Alex, uh, gondoliers in Venice have changed the rules. Gondolero. This is, uh, this is according to the um, president of the Association of Substitute Gondoliers. <laughs> Substitute Gondoliers. You mean scab gondoliers? No, no, no. Uh, so the substitute gondoliers are like junior gondoliers. Oh, okay, okay. okay. So, so like the backups, the backups. Well, yeah, you're only allowed to do um, a certain number. There are all these kind of rules. I've read all about it. I went in this. I went in this deep dive today because I thought I read this article. I thought, boy, that'd be an interesting job. Boy, your life's lame. Well, but let me tell I you something. I want to do a deep dive on the hierarchy ever, of uh, gondoliers. In you ever Italy. think about? And I know this is just fantasy stuff, right? <laughs> but you ever think about? What you would do if you really had unlimited cash? I mean, if you really could spend your yeah. day doing, and then they go, and then you that wanted. you figure out what that is, and then that should be that should and be then, your job. No, 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 and then, you just go from thing to thing. Oh, okay. And I thought, could you for a minute? Could you go to Venice? Yeah, and put in the time to become a gondolier, and then of course you move I, on from. I that. just assume that that is a gig that is like passed down from generation to generation. Uh, it is. But that's it's not exclusive to the generation. And I feel ones. like you couldn't be you'd have to be a Venetian to be able to That's what I couldn't find out. I couldn't determine whether or not you needed to be, you know, from Venice. I guarantee or be you, you Italian. know why they, they, I don't they, know. They, they do this. I, at the very least you'd have to be Italian, but I'd be I would be surprised if it wasn't exclusive to just you know, people from Venice. Because isn't, you is know, that, you know what I bet it is because I bet because that, no th- it's a it is such a huge boon of tourism that this is but the whole thing is is like hey man we're doing this to look out for us and this I, is our I thing and this is a, yeah. they, they've got to do it it's just like you can't have Parmesan cheese unless it's made in Parma you know what I mean like you can't call it that you you look you go and you get the you get the gondoliers uh, rolling around they can't be from like uh, Chicago and be like yeah I just picked up this gig last week. You know, and you can't well, do it. Well, there's a lot of training that goes into it. Yes. Um, I bet there's no rule that says you have to be Venetian, but I bet it's one of those things where if you rolled up, they might, like, let you take the classes. 
but just never be able to find you a shift. Yeah, oh, oh, no, yeah. yeah, we're trying to figure it out. It might be something like that. But anyway, this is not what we're talking <laughs> about, okay? Brandon Brandon puts it pretty clearly. You said you had the fantasy of seeing you if you could be a gondolier. He said, I wouldn't row people around, LOL. That's exactly what you <laughs> No, would. I would it would it would be I mean not a long term. I would just want to go and do it and have that experience and you know, get the license and then move on to something else. <laughs> okay, all right. Just what, as what would, the, what would the next thing be? Just like uh you picking up garbage and uh at Hyde Park in London? Something like that. Yeah, you know, something fun like that. <laughs> it's not fun. Come on, that's not fun. I think you should get off my back about my all own right, personal. Fine, dreams. fine. I shared them with you. Hey, text in text risk. in the stuff that Ethan should uh because apparently his like high listen, I'm worried about your self esteem. You want to row people around and pick up garbage no, because I, you're a billionaire? I want these exper- I want to learn things, interesting things and and that's what I was looking for. So looking you're for like so this is like this is like Mike Rowe with dirty jobs. Like when he yeah, goes around sure. he's not he's not like I wish I could be living in a uh, a septic tank. He's more like I wanna see what this is about. Yeah. The life experience. I think okay. that's totally reasonable. Okay. Um yeah, that's a perfect right, way to so put it. There you it. go. All there right. So um, the gondolas in Venice, the association that uh, that controls it, they've decided that they are going to reduce the number of passengers each gondola can carry. The small gear, up until up until now, the smaller gondolas uh, had a maximum capacity of six. The larger gondolas had fourteen. Uh, now they're reducing that to five people <laughs> and twelve. Tell people. them why. Hey, tell them why. Raul Roverato, the president of Association of Substitute Gondoliers, uh-huh. said, quote, tourists are now overweight yeah. from you some countries. Bombs load onto the boat. And when the boat is fully loaded, <laughs> the hull sinks and water enters. Advancing with over half a ton of meat on board Gross. is dangerous. That sounds terrible. That's how he. They, that's how the Gondoliers Association is describing people. A half ton of meat. Yeah. Here's the thing. You know what's great about this story? Normally, I'd go, oh, you would be like this. Why don't you just shut your mouth and take your tip, buddy? Yeah. But this is what's great about the story. No Americans are held responsible for this. We're not there. We, we can't, can't go, go. To right now. We They're can't go. So, so, look, it's all a bunch of those fat European tourists. Yeah. <laughs> we can finally say it. <laughs> those big old fat European tourists out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, though, they're just waiting for the American ship, cruise ships to start coming back in. Oh, wave this rule, too. That's going to go down to four instead of five. Well, I think that's why they picked an odd number. <laughs> no, I honestly do. So they could go right back again to to and go, well, can't be five. It's got to be four. Yeah. No, okay. I, I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. Mm. They could reduce it. Anyway, they say it's dangerous. They say tourists have gotten so big it's dangerous. Um. <laughs> I've got a glandular problem. That's it. Look, I love it. I love that. I love that the uh, Italians can blame it on somebody else. It's your own fault. It's a and guess what? It's almost exclusively a bunch of chubby Italians. Well, and you know what? Heaven forbid you just build a bigger gondola. That's what we're all doing. <laughs> a steel we're all reinforced in, gondola. <laughs> we're all putting in you know bigger movie theater seats. But I don't know. I don't know why oh, you're too goodness. good for that. Get the old seat extender for that uh, gondola, for that gond- the gondola, buddy. You throw a couple of extra buoys over the side. <laughs> hold on. You get a little outrigger. You know, hold on, hold on. You got seatbelt extensions and an outrigger. <laughs> All right, let's go, guys. Uh, this is the Grand Canal. Someone goes, honey, you know it's International Hot Dog Day, don't you? <laughs> Jeez. By the way, did I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to roll out a couple of the other hot dogs. Oh, from other parts of the world. You ready for this? Since yeah. we're on Vacation Club, mm-hmm. and if you're thinking about going on a vacation next time, maybe you think about traveling to Brazil, hmm. where the uh, 
Cachojo quente. I don't know what that is. It's just the hot dog. Yeah, yeah, that just means hot dog, an actual hot dog. Um, is it really? Yeah. Well, because the, the, the Spanish version of it is, is hot. Right. It is a dog that is hot. Mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, they call it, they, they in, I think they said that in Colombia, they call them perros calientes, which is just straight up a hot dog. All right. So here's what it is in Brazil. First of all, it's got corn, it's got pieces of corn on it, like the, like corn kernels. All right. So you're going to go corn kernels, heart, <laughs> shredded carrots, diced ham or bacon, cilantro, fried su- shoestring potatoes, and a hard-boiled quail egg. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. People love those quail eggs. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I got them once. I went to a Brazilian restaurant, you know, one yeah, of those not, buffets I'm where they get the meat it. on the swords. Don't like it. And I saw the little things, and I was like, oh, wow, cool, little mini hard-cooked eggs, quail eggs. Oh, wow, man, I love because I love hard-cooked eggs. Right. So I grabbed, you know, three, four, five, Because you were like, 15, this equals. Something like that. Because <laughs> this equals, look, I'm only, I'm grabbing 10 because that basically equals four big regular size. And, ah. Gross? I was really disappointed yeah, yeah. with how terrible they you were. You only ate a dozen. You only ate 12. Maybe they weren't quail eggs. Maybe they were pigeon <laughs> eggs and they were just passing them off. Gross. Like, yeah. It was a trolley Salt square. Lake Maybe City. they collected them from some like the Sol- roof of trolley square. <laughs> some like, Salt Lake some- City pigeon eggs, dude. <laughs> Oh, you get fell up for on it. the roof and, and get us some, some <laughs> small eggs, the smallest you can uh, find. Well, Whichever nest have the smallest eggs, get those. Well, don't worry about it. The, also, if you go to Sweden, Ethan, for for International Hot Dog Day, mm-hmm. you can get yourself the Tonsbrödel. The Tonsbrödel is a flatbread hot dog. So you have the hot dogs that are wrapped in a flatbread like a pita. Okay. It basically looks like if you didn't have enough ingredients for your own gyro, so you jammed a hot dog in. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of maybe you know some of these euro places they'll put the fries in this yeah. this ups your game even more they put mashed potatoes in there so you're gonna oh, go really? pita bread mashed potatoes hot dogs onions mayonnaise lettuce and tomato the um they're like these are our euros these so, are our euros this is how we interpret them so but no but hold on a second though so i'm starting to get a rounder picture now of sweden because I noticed, and I was really surprised at, at the t- potatoes that are served at IKEA, and, and I know in the past I've looked at them and thought, "Man, you're serving up potatoes here," and uh, but like, that's our thing. Are, well, maybe that's it's our like thing, a thing. Maybe it's a thing. Yeah, mashed potatoes on your hot dog. You know what I invented? And one no time? bun. It's a pita. Yeah, would you I was invent? A kid? Tell me. You get a tortilla. The what? A tor- You get a tortilla. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hot dog. You, you throw some slices of cheese on there. Okay, got it. Throw the hot dog on there, roll it up. Microwave. Microwave. There you go. Look, every Fantastic. Kid, every kid's done the same thing. I don't think so. I think I invented that. Well, you and I did it. I did it in a whole separate state. But Are you sure I didn't call you? <laughs> but did you, do it, did you do it with the American cheese? I remember calling you. Did you do it with the American cheese? Oh, yeah. I like do like everything a, with the American oh, cheese. Oh, boy. American See, cheese classless. is 100% for me. That's classless. My tortilla hot dogs was always like a nice pepper jack. All right, yeah, taking the nice break. Tillamook expensive cheddar in there <laughs> More hot, hot dog tortilla. <laughs> More of the Nightside Project to go. What did you learn? 57500 is the text number. We have, uh, look, Ethan talked his way through that uh, pump of music. All right, not me. Sorry. Just My let apologies. it be known. Let me know. He puts, ma- he puts uh, mayonnaise and, uh, p- and mashed potatoes on his hot dogs. He's Ethan Millard. We'll be right back. 
We're all friends here. The Nightside Project on KSL News Radio. All right, let's wrap this up. What did you learn tonight on the Nightside Project? Five seven five zero zero. What did you learn tonight? Uh, a couple of people recommending some jobs. Uh, he should be a chimney sweep. That's one recommendation. Uh, Brandon says, I think Ethan's next job would be an assistant librarian organizing the Dewey Decimal cards. Uh, and, you know, that'd be fun for a day. Yeah, why not? Get trained in the Dewey Decimal system, work yeah. on it a little bit, move on to something yeah. else. I don't know. I think there's value in learning things like that. Someone else texted in, eating hot dogs with brie should be illegal. Well, now, listen, that's a creamy, uh, that's a... Do you call it a soft cheese? Do Don't tell a... Alex he can't pair hot dogs <laughs> with expensive exotic cheeses. I love I love the word pair with hot dog. Uh, what did you pair it with? A hmm. nice double Gloucester. Oh, <laughs> uh, my goodness. You know what I do? I go home and I watch uh, how they make cheese like brie. I'll go, ooh, I'm going to watch like an hour special on how they make brie cheese. Mm-hmm. Here's a get these get this music going, Alex. Oh, my bad. Uh, is it the end of the show music? Or yeah, is it, yeah, uh, man. Get us the end of the show okay. music. Well, so I wanted to say too. By the way, tomorrow we're gonna have a because it's a what's it called? It's a, the day before a holiday. We're not working on Friday. I'm gonna just go full on. We're not working on Friday. All right. Okay. You'll hear our show, but it'll be like some weird version of it. It'll be like us sped up with voices like chipmunks. I don't know how they do it when we're not here. So. That'll be on Friday. So we're going to do some first world problems, some Pioneer Day first world problems. I don't know Tomorrow? what those look like. Yeah, I, I don't know what those look like, but I want to know. Uh, I want to know what that, what, what that, what some versions of that. Give me a couple, gonna, like just I'm give gonna, me some samplings of first world Pioneer Day problems. Five, I'm going to miss. Zero, zero. Yeah, I'm going to miss going to the parade. Yeah, you I used to that. like Ethan was. You know what's funny about this, and this is just a little insight into Ethan and I, Ethan and my lives. I, uh, they would be like, "Hey, we need some people to volunteer on on Pioneer Day to work, <laughs> basically." Mm-hmm. And, and that work, work was parade. that work was sit in the hundred degree heat uh, with a karaoke machine, <laughs> and I want you to read this script, and it's going to be like. The Desert News, the KSL, has been around this community for 7,900 years. Everyone who, comes, everyone who comes down, oh like my all, gosh. The, all the floats, I got to But I did it with you floats. one year. You remember that one year we sat in front of the health department? Yeah. And uh, and it was like there was a script, and we could hear everybody had the same script for each for each float. And so when we like- hear the other, the We other would hear the other ones, stations. yes, say the thing we were about to say. Yeah. So I always hated it, and so I'd be like, "Hey, look, he's coming on down. Check it out. <laughs> oh, Miss Linden, she thinks she's hot stuff, doesn't she?" <laughs> anyway, you only ever did it one year. I did I it one year, why. and then I was like, "And I'll tell you why." Well, because I refused. You it wouldn't stick to the script. <laughs> you can't hold me down. <laughs> KSL Desert News has been a staple of news in this community since 1904. When was it? Somewhere around there. <laughs> I tried to average out where the pretty Desert close. News and where KSL News Probably Radio was. Probably pretty close. We were 1922, I think. Yeah. but And then Desert News was before that, but we don't care about that. Come on. No. Uh, what I was going to say was this. I I refused to do it because they'd be like, you want to work? And I'd be like, no. On a three-day weekend? No, thank you. I'll be off. Thank you very much. I loved it. I and loved Ethan's doing like, I'm doing, I'm doing the parade. I'm going to do the Pioneer Day parade. It's not like I didn't like the people that were in it. Or I didn't like the stuff that was going on in it. I was not. I did, I didn't. I wanted the day off, man. Mm-hmm. 
And plus, you grew, up, you grew I, up watching the parade when I you were like a kid it's, on it's TV. A big, it's a big deal. Always been a big deal. Yeah, but so, see, that's the thing on, about man. the parade is it's done by like 9.30. So you still have the whole day. All right. Alex, I've got a uh, I've we got a couple more. We need you to go more. downtown. We need you to not find parking. And then we need you to sit in the sun for a couple hours. Is that cool? Sure. We got a couple other what did you learn texts. Okay. I learned that Walmart was going to be closed on Thanksgiving. You yeah, learned yeah, that yeah. yesterday. Yeah, that was yesterday. That was yesterday. Sure. But okay, we'll accept it. I learned that all beef hot dogs taste terrible unless you only use mustard as a condiment. Ketchup, make, ketchup makes them taste terrible. Mm. They spelled it out as ketchup, too. Oh, you know what's funny is I saw that the other day, and my son was like, what the heck is that? I go, people spelled things weird a long time ago. <laughs> uh, do you know, I, or tonight I learned that Alex is a hot dog expert. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, ask any chubby guy about hot dogs. They, they got you covered. There, uh, there have been the, some 2 a.m. visits to the microwave and a hot dog, and I figured out which ones are good. So oh, just yeah, come to for me. Sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, all right, I've got a Zen headline. Yep. You ready for it? Oh, absolutely. So... Um, one of the things that has uh, been a staple of our coronavirus world is um, gardening, right? A lot of people picking up gardening, resurrecting their gardens, things like that. That's just not here in the U.S. It's also all over the world, uh, including in England. Now, if you know anything about England, you'll know that uh, England has a a history of, of human uh, existence there that goes back so, so long. And in many places in, in England, you just scratch the surface and you're cutting into old Roman villas and all kinds of stuff. So um, according to the British Museum, they said that thanks to the coronavirus and thanks to this explosion in gardening, they've seen an explosion of really interesting and sometimes meaningful archaeological oh, finds. Oh, cool. As people just go out in their backyards and they just start digging That's around, cool, they're starting to find things. And archaeologists have been pretty excited about some of the things that they found. They found things that... Uh, uh, are, um, you know, kind of more recent, uh, uh, a lot of stuff more recent, a lot of Roman stuff, but also things dating back all the way to the Neolithic period have been found as people have been out there digging and trying to kind of, you know, stay busy during the coronavirus. So isn't that neat? Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty yeah, cool. I thought it was really awesome. Uh, five seven five zero zero is the uh, text number. You can always keep those texts rolling in. This one says, "Ah, uh, today I learned uh, Alex's grandpa is a war hero." That's true. That's true, yeah. Unky Ben. Uh, POW yeah. shot down, and uh, he's a pilot in World War II. Shot down over uh, Holland during Operation Market Garden. So there you go. I'll send you. I'll send you a link to his uh, to his to his, uh, his little page there. He went, and then he came home, and he flew for a uh, Pan Am. That was his career, flying for Pan Am. So, yeah. That's I never cool. got to meet him. Died before I uh, was alive. Died when my dad was young, too. So, Left you a good legacy, though. We have some really cool stuff. I mean, he was in the same uh, he was in the, the same uh, POW camp where the Great Escape was uh, happened. Oh, Stalag 13? Stal- uh, I thought it was. <laughs> no, kidding. it was. Uh, That's the Stalag 13 is the one from Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, Stalag uh, Luft 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, uh, same one. And Luft was because there were air uh, air people that were there. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Interesting Boy, imagine, stories. Imagine. Well, going, listen. I mean, two of his crew died when they were shot down. Two of the five were killed. Imagine going through all that, all the combat, all the the, the successful missions. Yeah, then the yeah, mission yeah. where yep. you get shot down. Then you're a POW. Then you go back home after all that, and it's like, well, good job. Go find go find some work. Yeah, it was, and, and it was like for it. him, also, he could fly. Over. At least for him, he could fly. You know. Yeah. For some of those guys, it was like, oh, now what? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. He got shot down. You know what? They had maps on the inside of those bomber jackets, and it was like a literal map of uh, Europe. And uh, they ended up getting uh, caught there. Anyway, Ethan, we're going to take the break. Okay. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll be back yeah, on a we'll Thursday your, edition. Yeah, tomorrow. Your uh, Pioneer Day Eve celebration will start tomorrow here on the Nightside Project. We'll see you then. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.